Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Stay tuned for my next guest. I hope that you all are well and and social distancing and washing your hands and wearing your mask and still enjoying your life. If not for authors like my guest today, the goddess of romance, Susan Elizabeth Phillips, my life would be so boring. But I'm so blessed that this international best-selling author has decided to come and talk to me today. Welcome, SEP, to the Authors on the Air show. (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you. I love a goddess. That was really, really good. Yeah. Daddy, this, I, is a, this is yeah. starting off well. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> I know you're the, I mean, who's been, who's called you the queen of romantic comedy? I just prefer <laughs> goddess myself. It's more powerful, you know? <laughs> you know what? I'll take either one. <laughs> there you go. Well, I want to remind our listeners that when your last book was released, First Star I See Tonight, um, that book won our Romance Book of the Year. Um, I It is still my all-time favorite romance. I read it 10 times. When I first received the book, I read it once, and then I sat down and read it again. And that book was oh, out. Oh, I three- love that. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> it was, that book was out, I think, three, three years ago, was it, or two years ago? Three years ago. I think we're – no, no. I think we're coming up almost on – it's three or four years. I lost yeah. a year after I finished First Star um, because I just I, – I don't know. I just needed a break. I didn't have a great idea. So um, there's been a big gap, almost a four-year gap, between the publication of First Star and my new book, Dance Away With Me, um, which is a long time for readers to wait for a book. And I've just been so grateful that they've been patient and have waited for this book and uh, have embraced it so much because, you know, this book um, is a little more serious than some of my romantic comedies, although there's all of my books I think kind of walk that border between romance and women's fiction this one certainly yes. does but the one contract I never break with readers is you've got to have a happy ending absolutely well I want you to idea. know for those years that you didn't um, publish a book that's when mm-hmm. I became a I that's when I became a wineaholic so just to let you know <laughs> I'm blaming it all on you no, no I am not taking no. responsibility for your addiction <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious you know um you said you needed a break from writing i would imagine now you travel quite a bit with your traveling pal don't you i do my friend helen and i we leave our husbands on the golf course and we take off for parts unknown we've we've done hiking trips all over the world and we absolutely love it uh so that was part of what i was doing i was also just like cleaning out closets and breathing and you know all that stuff that kind of messes up Um, and enjoying family and everything but what happened was so i was on this hiking trip in sicily and I was spending the night at this hotel that wasn't a very, actually a very nice hotel. And I woke up in the middle of the night with this idea about the Sicilian midwife in 1950s rural village in Sicily who was this midwife and had this huge conflict happen. And I woke up and I would go, that's it. That's my next book. This was until Sanity and Morning arrived and said, Susan, 
You don't know anything about 1950s rural Sicily, and you cannot write a book there. But the germ <laughs> of that idea, was, yeah, it right. kind of stuck with me. And it, it didn't take me long to move it into a contemporary setting. It just shows, you know, normally dreams don't fuel me that much, but that one did, so I'm kind of happy about it. Well, it's a spectacular book. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the book in just a second. But I also want to talk to you about taking off. Now you're kind of forced to stay home. So um, writers are finding new ways to connect with readers and with other writers. And um, it's an interesting thing to see this publishing industry uh, of yours change to adapt to COVID and the pandemic in this year. Yes, it's fascinating. Um, I was supposed to, of course, gone out on a book tour on this, but early on, I um, actually realized I hopped on the Zoom Facebook Live movement very, very quickly. Um, right. Basically, because I'm always looking for an excuse to have a camera pointed at me. I'm, you know, I'm shallow. <laughs> Um, and because it's easier than writing, and because I love, love connecting with my readers. So right. I started, of course, the big thing was figuring out the technology. I mean, it was just a train wreck half the time. But um, through, the, uh, through that, I was able to do, um, I started doing uh, these Doom events, and with my author friends, too. I, I right. love I really have to say I discovered I loved interviewing as much as being interviewed and talking to other writers about the writing process. Um, and with these uh, virtual events, the bad thing is I I miss the hugs that you get yes. when you're with readers. I just really yes. miss the hugs. The yeah. good thing is I feel like I've been able to connect with so many more readers. Uh, yes. And that has just absolutely been lovely. So, it, uh, you know, it, it is a double-edged sword. Plus, I've been writing like crazy when you can't do anything else. So well, that's, that's what I – I'm glad to hear that. So does that mean there will be another book next year? Um, I'm not sure whether it will be next year, but I, we're not going to have a super long wait. And beyond yeah. that, I'm not saying a word. My lips sealed. Okay, well, you know, you make no promises, and then there's none to break. I, I get that completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tala, I want to talk to you about your writing process, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I, oh, go I ahead. Embarrass me. Embarrass no, me by I, asking no, the process I don't, question. I don't. I mean, it's not, <laughs> like, in-depth. I'm not a writer, you know. I always say I'm lucky if I get outside and remember to put on my, you know, my bra. So, so I'm no one to, to, to talk about process, but, but um, I am curious. You have so many fabulous books. You're internationally known. You're a best-selling author. You're award-winning and all. Do you still get excited at the prospect of sitting down to write a story? No, you don't. Yes, you do. I know you're li- – right. really? Uh, let me – okay, let me explain first. Okay, um, okay. You mentioned bra. The first rule of right. writing when people ask me yeah, about writing, the first rule is take off your bra, okay? Cause you right. just, otherwise your ideas get strangled up. Writing right. is an it's an interesting process for me, and I always hate being asked about my process because it's so embarrassing. Um, I'm one of those people who doesn't – I don't really know where I'm going. I just have this glimmer of an idea or a character – 
-hmm. And instead of trying to write a synopsis or an outline, I sit down and I write chapter one, and then I say, hmm, what's happening here? And I write a couple sentences, and then I go back and I rewrite them. And then I think, well, that's stupid, and I go back and rewrite. And it is the messiest process. So Mm -hmm. usually by the time I'm finished or starting chapter two, I have to go back and rewrite chapter one, which is one of the reasons it takes me a while to write. But um, I have to – writing doesn't happen unless you put your butt in the chair. And for me, inspiration doesn't happen unless my butt is in the chair. Uh, I can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to go off and, you know, wander in the woods until I get my inspiration. It doesn't work that way. Um, But when when I am working and all of a sudden I get that idea that I know is right, oh, my gosh then I love writing. Staring at a blank screen when I don't exactly know where I'm going, that's not my favorite thing. But when you really, all of a sudden the characters are talking to you, that I love. Um, uh, I don't remember who it was, but someone, somebody I interviewed, and I think it was a crime writer, as a matter of fact, who said, you just throw up words on the page. And and you'll figure it yeah. out as you start writing. You know, once you get going, you you have to get your brain engaged with the actual writing. I think is is that kind of like what it is? That for me is exactly what it is. But you know, I have a number of friends who do not write that way. They are very clear when they start what story they're going to write, who the characters are. That's the way their brain works. They need that kind of order to start mm-hmm. telling their story. And I think um, people who are thinking about writing think there's only one way to do it. And really, it all depends on the way your brain is wired, whether, you're, uh, whether you plot ahead of time or whether you sort of go at it by the, with the seat of your pants. Right, right. Um, uh, it's interesting that, you know, and by the way, you're free to use throw up words on, on the page. Um, I, give you, I give you my permission to, to take somebody else's <laughs> words and use them. <laughs> Remember so, what we say. We say, um, I can fix a bad page, but I can't fix a blank page. Right. There you go. Yeah. So The same thing. You know, when, when you're talking about getting your inspiration, where does inspiration come from? I get inspired by conversations I have with my friends when I'm taking on projects. So I may speak to someone on the radio and they're so talented. I want them to come back and do an interview on my show or I'll create a podcast for them or a video cast and maybe join the network. So um, I get inspiration that way. But where do you get inspiration from other than your little dream in Sicily until it crystallized for you? So is it by things you see every day? Oh. Do you hear this moan in the background? I know. I because know. it's a hard never it's hard to answer that. It's yeah. so hard. I, I usually I'm just being a real smart ass and I say, Well, there's a warehouse in Tulsa and I'm the only one who has a key. But the um it just it, it hits me in different ways and usually right, it's right. just a thread here and a thread there and then I have to let it unwind. You know, it's a messy process, but it's my process and I have and it uh, works made you. peace with it. Well, yes. It took me a long time to make peace with it, but but I did eventually and I know I'll get I'll get to the end sooner or later and unless the book satisfies me, it won't get I won't turn it in until I'm absolutely satisfied with what I have. 
Um, you mentioned that you have a lot of friends who are very organized when they're writing. They have their character profiles and all. Since yes. you have mm-hmm. overlapping stories sometimes, like the Star series mm-hmm. and everything else, ha- do you have a cat- uh, like a, a character profile? Do you know like who all the characters are from your previous book? So if you want to tie them into a ne- next book, or do you actually have to go back and read your own book to figure out what you said about the person? Oh, I'm way cagier than that. So, <laughs> because when I, I, I've got the two series, I've got the Wynette, Texas books and right. the Chicago Stars books. But right. with those books, I never intended to write a series. So I didn't keep a catalog from the very beginning. So okay. what I do now is um, if I'm working on a Stars book, for example, or if I'm referencing, referencing a character in an older book and I don't remember – let's say it's a stars book, I don't remember a jersey number, I don't remember whether a house has a swimming pool, I get on my Facebook page and I say, who's reading? Match me if you can right now. (laughs) Can you tell me? And You let your readers do your research. Yes! Why should I do all the work? Well, and instead of losing two hours going back and rereading and getting lost in an, in an old story, um, I, yeah, I let them do the work. I, I love it, and I make no apologies. I think it's kind of brilliant, don't you? <laughs> I do, too. I think it's fabulous. I oftentimes call on my listeners to say, you know, what was your favorite show, or which one did you like the best that I, I liked? Yeah, I, so I get it. You have to yeah. use the tools at your disposal. Very savvy of you. Very savvy. Uh, it would have been nice if I had kept notes from the beginning, but, you know, it is what it is, right? It, that's right. It's too late to change now. You've got a system exactly. that works, so why yeah. mess with it? Let's talk about Tess and Dance With Me. Oh, Can let's tell, talk about her. She's a lovely Tess, character. Yeah, let's talk about she her. She is. She is, um, Tess is a midwife, and she's also this deeply grieving young widow. And Tess, at the beginning of the book, has isolated herself in this cabin above this quirky little town of Tempest, Tennessee. All she wants is to be left alone. Um, And so we have this heroine who is just, she's stuck. She's stuck in her grief. Oh, yeah. Stuck. And then she meets the hero, uh, the hero, Ian Hamilton North, the fourth, and that fourth pr- proves to be kind of important to the story, is, yes. um, is he, he's a street artist. He's the American version of that great British street artist, Banksy. Banksy and, oh, that was a wonderful right. thing to, to research, that whole area of street art. I knew so little about it going in. Um, and he's at a crisis in his life. All he wants is to be left alone. So you have these two characters who only want isolation, but they're going to have to join together in pursuit of a common goal. They have no choice. Um, it's one of my favorite kinds of stories to tell because you have this this real tension between these characters who do not want to be together. This is not lust on page one. These people no. do not want to be together. And I also love telling the story of this community um, and uh, the various people in it. Uh, some of the people are a little bit quirky, and we have a little coffee shop, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, so I got to touch a lot of things I like to do in my books where I have a love story at its center, but I also have a story about community, about family, about girlfriends, about all of that. It's my favorite kind of book to read and my favorite kind of book to write. 
I was um, drawn in immediately when Tess has a very peculiar way to de-stress. And her way is to go and blast music in her yard and Mm -hmm. run in place, you know, and and stomp and and dance and and everything else. So, and dance. It's, It's Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a ritual thing. It's it's almost like yes. when the pain builds up too much inside you, where does it go? You can stand right. and howl, or you can go and move, even if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're blasting your music and you think nobody can hear it. But in effect, right. this mountain man is going to come charging down and tell you to turn off the damn music. Right. Um, but yeah, that's her way. That is her way of trying to work through or just trying to get from one moment to the next. You know, Susan, I have to confess that I don't like vacuuming very much. So I put on ABBA, dance with my cats, and then I vacuum. So I understand Tess. I understand (laughs) Tess completely. (laughs) Of course, I... I also plug my headphones in so I don't bother any neighbors, but, but I understand. And she doesn't do that. (laughs) Right. But, but you know, um, at the heart of this story is, is really what, tore my heart apart is is the child involved and the fierce fierce love that Tess has for this child and um it is just amazing to me how that whole heartbreaking scene and you know what I'm talking about yeah um, yeah almost I had to stop reading. I mean, I had to take deep breaths and stop reading. It is so emotional. It is so authentic. I felt everything she felt, too. And, that and is I'm, one of the scenes that was very clear. You know, one of the scenes that was very clear in my head when I was working at the beginning of the book, I could see that coming and could write toward it. That scene was a gift because it was something that I was working toward. Uh, and I'm, you know, my husband and I are kid crazy people. We love our grandchildren. We love the neighborhood kids. We right. just enjoy kids. And that whole attachment of loving, loving a child, and um, and 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 what what this is going to do to Tess and what it's going to do to Ian was just a wonderful oh. thing to work through. It was fabulous. Um, I have just kind of a it's a it's a silly question, but I'm always curious. How do you name your characters? That's a funny process. Because I've named characters and then had to rename them because it didn't fit. Actually, I, I'd forgotten until you asked this question. Ian's name was Logan originally, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't stick. I wrote that name for, I don't know, five months. It just wouldn't stick. So it's, it's a mysterious process to me. I can't name a character after anybody that I know too well in real life. So um, there are some really good names I can't use. But it has to it has to fit right. Tessa's name just dropped into my head immediately. Sure, but, um, sure. The heroes sometimes are harder. They're harder for me to name. Oh, Susan, I don't you, like, can use, I don't, you can use my name anytime you want. Uh, you have my permission. Okay, okay just thank in case. You for, yes, thank yes. you for letting you know, me you know. You never know. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I, you, you know, talk- I don't like the yeah. the hero names where you know it's Sperm Coltrane or something like that. Those phony oh, macho names. <laughs> he has but, a very patrician-sounding uh, name, actually. His yeah. his name sounds very patrician, and and for good reason. And for you know, good which reason, is yeah, right. And so I I love that his name is great. How do you decide on the titles of your books? 
Oh my gosh, this one was a nightmare. It was, was a it? nightmare. Oh my lord. Sometimes titles come to me really early on. In my early books, Glitter Baby, Fancy Pants, Honeymoon, those right. all came to me very quickly. Right. Um, and then my husband titled Match Me If You Can. Um, he titled, uh, I forgot another one that he did. Oh, I'm glad he's not listening because he, he wouldn't like it if I forgot his genius. <laughs> but this one was so hard to travel, so, a title. So um, I originally called it The Runaways, but that was a problem because that's been used so much. So I had to come up with something else, and I liked the word dance, and we tried all these ideas of dance. We got nowhere. So we're on vacation with part of our family, and it's in the evening, and we're all sitting around, little kids and everybody, and I said, okay, I've got to have a title for this book. So everybody started throwing out the titles with dance, and one was stupider than the other. My family, a bunch of idiots, right? <laughs> and um, my um, my grand granddaughter she wants to call it dance baby shark dance i mean it just went on and on i finally said i cannot deal with you people anymore i'm going to bed so i went up to bed and my, i got my phone pinged when i got up there and it was my daughter-in-law downstairs and she said dance away with me and i said wow yes <laughs> isn't that funny wow yeah all that work yeah Oh, so, that's amazing. Um, it's brilliant. Oh, it was a gift, yeah. That title was a gift, and it's perfect for the book, but I don't think I would have come up with it if it hadn't been for her. Oh, it's a, oh, that's a great title. Butterscotch, stop crying. I'll feed you afterward. Susan comes first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my husband's saying the same thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's did, looking did, hungry. Did you, ask, did you ask him what was the other title that you couldn't remember? <laughs> I, no, I, can't think, oh, I cannot believe I forgot that title. And as soon as we're, and as soon as we're done, I'll, I'll, um, I'll come You'll up with it. You'll remember it. The only You'll book remember. I didn't title early on my, in my career was It Had to Be You. That's one that the publishing house gave a stupid title to. It's not my favorite title, but um, it's one of my favorite books, so all's well that ends well. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite books, too, to be yeah, honest with yeah. you. you know, I the have, title is, is kind of just generic you know there's nothing special about it um so who i'll let you go feed your husband in just a second but will you please tell me who are some of your favorite writers oh i just finished I've, oh I've, I've read a bunch of good books lately i just good, tell finished me. um Kristen higgins always the last to know uh, have you read that one yet uh, yes of course. I really, really enjoyed that book. That's one of those women's fiction family books that has a good yes. ending. Um, I like I all of Kristen. I like Kristen herself. We've had a, a really good yeah. laugh on our show and when I see her at events. So I actually have yeah, your signature on, an, on, a, on a table card that you signed for me from an RWA. Oh, did my you know gosh. No, yeah. I did not. I have, that stuck in one of, I have that stuck in one of my books. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. any books left. And so I, your name was typed uh, on the on like a neon green piece of paper on the table, and I said, "Will you sign this?" And you said, "Sure." And you signed it, put it in the book. Good for you. I'm glad. I'm glad. You got to be creative about that. Who else do you like? Yeah, you like yeah. To read out of your genre, Susan, or do you? Pardon, what did you say? Do you like to read out of your genre? Um, I, I read. I love reading women's fiction. There's some literary fiction I really enjoyed. I just finished uh, Ann Patchett's Commonwealth, which I enjoyed. Um, and um, T.C. Boyle's, uh, this is an old one of his, 
um, oh Lord, it's the one about the hippies going up to Alaska. I've forgotten. I, I, the, I drop city, um, but mm-hmm. I really love reading women's fiction. I like reading. Oh, I just read uh, Jane Ann Crenz's Close Up. She, I like. I like the way she does mysteries. Uh, Mary Kay. I just finished Mary Kay Andrews' Hello Summer. Um, I have I really that one. Yeah. I like the whole journalism thing in that book because um, she's a former journalist herself, and I thought that was right. that part was really interesting. So uh, between um, literary fiction that doesn't make me want to kill myself when I'm done reading it or doesn't bore me to tears, and right. women's fiction that has a good, positive ending. I don't want go. a downer book. Yeah, I don't. I don't like cliffhangers either. As a matter of fact, I will. Go, when someone recommends a book, I have to go and look at the book and see if it ends on a cliffhanger, because I think in Amazon, if I'm buying a book from one of my Kindles, my Kindles are or I have five Kindles when they're all by genre. So what I hate is for a cliffhanger that I have to wait a year to get the the next part of it. So I go and look at reader reviews, reviews, and if they say, "Oh, this is a cliffhanger," I'm not buying it. I, I'll wait yeah. until all the books are out. I'm. I'm. I'm you know? the same way i agree i think that's kind of a cheat um i mean it, it's i it works for a lot of authors it's just not my preference in either, as either yeah. a reader or a writer i wouldn't do that to a reader i really yeah. want to tie up everything at the end everything i yeah. actually get angry at stuff like that because then i'll see the authors you know the book comes out and i'm forgotten what the first story is or i have to go back I and know, read it all over right? again and and when yeah. you're a prolific reader that's what happens i i think it's it's you know let me know it's book one of four. At least tell me that. Right. So I don't, you know. Or so I'm wait re- until all four are out so you can read them out. right in order. Exactly. Susan, yeah. tell everyone where they can find you on the web and in social media, please. Oh, yes, I will. So um, I have a very active Facebook page. Yes, you do. Susan Elizabeth Phillips on Facebook. And I never, oh my gosh, I go from deeply personal, embarrassing to, you know, posting things about books. So it's all over the place. And I'm on Instagram at SEP Author. See, I knew. Uh, I, As I, I said, I think you yeah, should change it to um, SEP Goddess. The Goddess of Romance. <laughs> Might be a little presumptuous, but I no. um, I suck at Twitter. I put I put things up on Twitter sometimes, but I'm not good at it. So, but uh, I yeah, suck at Facebook and Instagram are good. I, it's hard. Yeah, I, I need more space than that. Well, I also just tie my Facebook page to my Twitter page, and that way I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, um, I could I do that. Urge everyone to go and look at Susan's page on Facebook. You will laugh yourself stinky over over half the stuff that goes on there. Dance Away With Me is available now. It is a spectacular, beautiful, lovely, very emotional uh, tale. Emotional good and emotional heartbreaking. But it is a wonderful book. Thank you so much, Goddess, for coming back. (laughs) Thank you, Pam. I love it. Go feed Mr. Bill now, and, and have okay. a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you. And listeners, thank, thank you for you. being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you all later. Bye-bye.